0: Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. That was Jeff Buckley with the Last Goodbye. What an artist. If you're not familiar with Jeff Buckley, you should look him up. He's unbelievable. He died tragically years ago, uh, but I love his music. Um, I'm actually going to have a guest on the show in a couple months uh, who wrote a book about Jeff Buckley. All right. Standing by is Kelly Lee, Executive Director of the Environmental and Climate Change Literacy Projects, also known as Eclipse, and Director of the University of California Irvine Science Project. She's standing by right now. Good morning, Kelly. Thank you for having me today. My pleasure. And we met at this amazing event that was at UCI and just recently, uh, a relaunching of Eclipse. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So Eclipse stands for the Environmental and Climate Change Literacy Projects, and it's an innovative partnership between all the UC campuses and CSU campuses, along with regional community-based partners in California. And our goal is to ensure that every student in California is literate in climate change and environmental justice issues and solutions um, because Amazing. They're, yeah, they are the change agents of the future. And so yes. it's, we're just trying to get behind them and to propel them forward.
0: Well, I know uh, Gen Z in particular, they feel that they've inherited a lot of problems created from, you know, Pe- earlier, That's people right. basically. And I was saying to a few people at this event uh, recently, your event, Eclipse event, that not only is this a purpose driven, meaningful event, but it also comes down to doing something which, you know, inspires people and also can contribute to positive mental health.
1: That's right. And I think it's really important to center on the stories of people. Because I think that's what's lost when we're thinking about climate change. And that's that's an issue that we do have. And we recognize that, um, you know, for teachers who are taking it on in the classroom, most of them don't have the guidance needed to support students to take action based on what they're learning. Yes. And so that's where that sense of hope comes from and that sense of agency, because we don't need to empower students. They're already empowered. And same for teachers. We don't need to empower them either. They're already empowered. It's just about activating the agency already within Definitely. over something we truly care about.
0: So tell us about your role at UC Irvine.
1: Yeah, so I, have, I, I support two different programs. Um, the first one is uh, the UCI Science Project. I direct that a program with an amazing team, and we support uh, Orange County, parts of Long Beach, Los Angeles, and surrounding regions to think about 21st century science um, instruction. And uh, we work with school districts, educational leaders, et cetera. And what we've noticed in our own region is this call for support in environmental and climate literacy. And again, in ways that Don't just teach the subject matter, but link to our university researchers, community-based partners, um, to make it as culturally relevant as possible. And then um, I also serve as the executive director for the Eclipse Initiative um, as well, and that is a statewide initiative. And it's definitely more high-level, thinking about systemic changes that we can make across our Mm system as we bring along key partners. What did you
0: think when Greta Thornburg came to this country, actually was all over the world, actually, and inspiring people to walk out for climate change.
1: Yeah, you know, so I I grew up in inner-city LA, and my first year of teaching, believe it or not, um, you know, I was, was, what, 22 (laughs) teaching um, in my own community, and I remember at that time there were um, injustices in our own um, public schooling system, Mm -hmm. and there was one day where my students in chemistry um, it saw that uh, stu- teachers at my district were being involuntarily transferred for a variety of political reasons, okay. and I remember they looked at me in that moment and said, you know, um, Ms. Lee, can we go? Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember looking at them and saying, you do what you feel is right in this moment, and I just felt so proud because wow. I had these youth leaders walk out in protest because they felt they wanted to protect their teachers at a school that deeply cared for them. Um, And, you know, that was my first honest moment of feeling like I wish I had, I wish I had the bravery that I saw in the youth. And this was like over a decade ago. So when you tell me about Greta, I believe it. And I, I remember reading about her when I was, just teaching early on and thinking, this, this girl is amazing, and yes. her conviction, and, and at the same time, she shouldn't even have to be doing this. Exactly. Right? Yes. Yeah.
0: It's incredible um, how I remember hearing from family in New York how their kids were a part of a walkout, and then you see mm-hmm. in other parts of the world, were part of a walkout, and it's, you know, it's about time people woke up to the importance of focusing on this issue.
1: That's right. That's right. And that's one way of showing um, how you can rise, you know, to the occasion and how you can take action. Mm -hmm. And that's going to look different to every single person.
0: Amazing. I, I am going to reschedule uh, Nayeli. She was supposed to call mm-hmm. in this morning, but we had to. Reschedule. Oh, she's wonderful! Yes, <laughs> and, and I'm not going to give away her story. We're not going to share with yeah. the listeners her story. But she was so incredible at the eclipse event. That's funny. um Were you part of getting the different speakers involved at this event?
1: Yes, um, it it was uh, it was quite the task, but I wanted to make sure that we are highlighting voices that are. Not commonly heard in these spaces, and so um, Michael Mendez or Dr. Michael Mendez from UCI. I don't know um, if people were able to hear his speech, but one of the first things he said is that he counted leading up to his speech mm-hmm. about eight different speakers who mentioned the word justice, yeah. and it was so refreshing for him because usually in this these spaces there are certain words that people shy away from, but I think when we are talking about justice that means different things to different people and in this case it's ways to take action for our communities in very culturally relevant ways right yes and so yes absolutely i'm very proud of um, supporting that lineup and as much as possible if we can give our youth leaders a platform to share their stories and share how they they themselves have um you know taken action to help inspire others We need to do that
0: more often. Absolutely. I want to give the website to listeners. It's ECCLPS.net, Environmental and Climate Change Literacy Projects. Um, Could you talk about, just mention a few of the people that were there?
1: Sure. Um, We had, I mean, it was just key stakeholders from um, around California, but I can mention um, one of our speakers, which is um, a a really great partner of mine now, and we do a lot of um, incredible curriculum work together, is Richard Beavers, Mm -hmm. who is the CEO and founder of the Ocean Agency. Um, If you haven't seen Chasing Coral on Netflix, I highly recommend it. Um, It's one of those films that, I mean, just... It is sobering, but also um, brings together um, individuals from across the world that are shedding or sharing, sorry, um, their stories about what's happening in the ocean and how ocean health um, relates so deeply to human health. And so he's uh, the filmmaker of Chasing Coral, and okay. he wanted to talk to us about um, ocean change because most oftentimes when people talk about climate change, mm-hmm. they don't talk about the ocean,
0: right. and we're
1: so connected. Um, Frank Napold was there as well, and he's uh, the senior climate scientist for NOAA Mm -hmm. and just an incredible human being um, for advocating for climate environmental literacy across the United States um, and serves on several boards and initiatives as well. But he was also there to talk about accelerating action because it's time that we move from knowing about climate change Mm -hmm. to thinking about meaningful ways to do something with it and involving community members yes thinking about indigenous knowledge and ways of being um but also again remembering that a solution is only a solution if it's used if it's not it's really all but theoretical exactly. right that yes. that is what the saying is and so we're we're living into what these words mean and developing trust along the way with right. some key partners oh it was
0: amazing i i feel like we need to shift from apathy to definitely to action
1: that's right there's like this uh this lukewarm feeling about climate change. Like we know it's there mm-hmm. and we know we should do something about it, but we also, honestly, I feel that a lot of people think somebody else will take action, but it's up to us. Right. Every action matters at this point, whether it's individual or it be collective, because we make up the collective. Yes, right? yes
0: definitely. Now you're also a board member for 10 strands. Could you share yes. a little bit about 10 strands?
1: Yeah. Uh, 10 strands is also a California organization. Um, nonprofit a wonderful organization that also supports pk12 um, uh, literacy for climate environmental work and um, they focus on a variety of things but one of the things that um, that I can share about is their emphasis on outdoor education um, along with of course supporting teachers to really think through what that looks like with community-based partners but okay. there are a variety of ten strands initiatives that Teachers can likely identify or feel in the classroom in some way, shape, or form. Um, whether that's thinking through policy and lobbying for um, monies to support climate environmental um, curriculum, I, there was a huge project that they collaborated on with San Mateo County that brought six million dollars to the state of California to Whoa. create a K-12 curriculum. Okay. Um, and uh, they're working with several incredible organizations to bring that to light um, along with professional learning. And they're one of the partners for Eclipse as well. Um, and also Cali, which is another initiative that um, supports um, hubs of innovation. So whether that's a uh, career technical education community-based partners, professional learning. Um, These hubs essentially identify the need across the state and bring together the incredible top minds in the field to try to fill those needs. But uh, 10 Strands has a really big job, and there's definitely no way that we could move forward without an incredible partnership like theirs.
0: I I want to mention, too, that uh, at the event, you had mentioned if people wanted to get involved, and, and when people go to the website, uh, net and they click on initiatives, there's information uh, about subcommittees, right? You're looking yes. for people to get yes. involved. They can fill out a form. You want to share a little bit about that?
1: Yes. So it's been, I I want to say, two weeks on the job, and it feels <laughs> like many years now, okay. but Um, I am currently scheduling um, site visits Mm -hmm. for every UC and every Cal State to take place um, before December, so that way we can um, start, you know, creating relationships and building that level of trust needed to sustain this movement, Mm -hmm. but also meeting with community-based partners across California as well and bringing people together to do a variety of things. So we are going to be hiring soon at UCI uh, for an endowed-shared position in the School of Education that will be supporting environmental literacy and prioritizing those needs and supporting Eclipse. Uh, We'll also be bringing on board three co-directors to support the initiatives as well in uh, three main areas. So research is one, teacher education, uh, and uh, learning is another, and community-based organizations is the third one. And uh, each co-director will support the, the organization itself, but also um, thinking through how we build out subcommittees that, again, bring together
0: Great.
1: individuals in each of these areas mm-hmm. to then connect, um, identify a need, fill said need. But at the end of the day, all three hubs are working towards one goal. And, again, that's yeah. to support every California uh, student to be climate, environmental literate.
0: You know, what's interesting, too, is that when I was attending the event and I was listening to you and other people speak, is that what's wonderful is that across the board in different schools, it sounds like, for instance, the teacher education, the programming will be consistent, consistent messaging for different schools.
1: Right. And that's because we know research tells us now that across the United States, we have, what, 55 percent of teachers not teaching climate change. And those who do typically spend one to two hours on the subject. I'm not going to lie. How you spend one to two hours on a crisis this large is is, beyond me. Uh, But we also know that the ways that they're teaching it varies so greatly. Mm -hmm. And to be fair, I was a classroom teacher for over a decade as well. We don't have the supports needed to tell us what the big ideas are Mm -hmm. and how to fold them into our curriculum. This is not just science, this is in social science, and math, across the subjects. Where is the support needed? And so Eclipse recognizes that that is a huge gap that we must fill. Not, not that we want to um, uh, think of teaching as um, prescriptive, because it's definitely an art form in itself. Yes. But what we're saying is uh, there are key components that we should all make sure that students understand in order to support them in their own decision-making on policies and um, community-based initiatives that they can help to bring about. Um, And so when we think about teacher education, it's not that it's one message for all. It's that we want to make sure that every teacher across the subject Mm -hmm. has fundamental understanding of climate change, environmental literacy and justice, but also pedagogical practices that will help students to be able to think through ways to take meaningful action because that looks different across every community. Yes. Um, but there are components and research-based um, uh, practices that we can um, leverage and share and continue to research upon. Right. And that's why, you know, these three subcommittees were c- created. It's not just research for research sake, but it's uh, – we, we know that teachers feel oftentimes disconnected from their local university. Sure. They hear about, you know, uh, coral bleaching, but they don't know who to reach out to for more information, so it's whatever Google provides. Right. And so how do we connect them to 21st century um, learning issues and solutions that are happening right now? What if there's a core researcher that says, this is my current research and how I'm combating climate change, and here's how you can bring it into your kindergarten classroom to give them a taste of what it looks like. Sure. So they develop their identity as a STEM person, too. Um, same for community-based organizations. Our teachers um, definitely connect with community-based organizations, but uh, do we know that there's a system in order to be able to connect connect in ways that allow for more of a partnership? between these organizations and having the organizations help with outdoor learning yes. because that in itself is, is a whole different um, specialty sure. <laughs> than formal Absolutely. classroom teaching. Right.
0: Well, this is a very exciting initiative too, because I think of the fact that you could be inspiring future generations to go into this field with just That's what, right. what they're going to experience. And, I have an instructional design background, and I think about the possibilities of creating peer-to-peer projects and letting the students Mm -hmm. research different community organizations, and it's really a powerful initiative.
1: It is, and I I will say it's definitely not possible without partnerships, Mm -hmm. and we definitely need to build up um, teachers' capacity and teacher leaders' capacity um, in order to see the schools just um, differently than what they're typically being portrayed as and they're not just organizations that sit in communities but they can they themselves can be organizations of change yes they can help students to not only um highlight and uh, spotlight current community issues but actively play a role in helping students to come up with those relevant solutions that make sense Mm -hmm. for that community right and so i think it's about reframing and repositioning our schools because there's such powerful organizations. Yeah.
0: Do you think it's, it's hard for, will it be hard for some schools to make time to do this? I mean, will there be a follow-up uh, assessment to see if they're actually doing it and making time and if it's really impacting students in a positive way?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think with our research hub, what we were hoping for as one of the priorities is we need to map the landscape We know what research says for the United States as a whole, but I have a strong feeling that the California landscape looks much different. We need to know how many teachers approximately, right, and how much time they're taking um, and exactly, you know, what it is that they're covering because everything ranges, as I shared before. Yes. Um, What does that look like in California so we know where the gaps are so we can help to fill those gaps? Mm -hmm. And so when we do that, we also want to make sure that we are able to reach the students Because that's how we'll know if we're successful. Yes. If we can have some measurement where they tell us this is how much so far I feel I've engaged with climate change related or environmental related topics. Mm -hmm. And then we can measure that over time to see if the students themselves are noticing "I'm, I'm learning more about this or I'm engaging more about this because. Our, you know, our trends, especially um, there was a report that came out from 100 K10, and 10, another organization um, that's nationwide. And, and um, they shared that one of the trends that we should be mindful of is that students will further engage in STEM fields and pursue STEM fields based on um, environmental, Activism and advocacy efforts in those fields because mm-hmm. that's what they're currently drawn to now. interesting they can't ignore this this is what they want right. And so how do we prepare the field and help teachers to understand um, how to do this in ways that you know they feel confident in as well because yes. they need to, they need to feel supported.
0: And what I also see as exciting is once this is in place and it's and students are engaged in these different projects and different things, you could actually reach out to schools on the East Coast and mm-hmm. have a collaborative where the students in California are sharing what they're doing and inspire that school or a few schools to do the same thing. So you're creating a blueprint.
1: That's right. Absolutely. We hope to be able to um, uh, document this in ways where we can show it as a model. It's not the model, but it, it, it whatever it is, we yes. are going to make it for California but it should be adaptable and other people should be able to learn from it, right? Other states
0: Definitely. Um,
1: should be able to learn from it. And, so, and then we want to also learn from them because they'll take this from that starting point, run even further than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the point, right? Yes. And then we can learn from each other and share knowledge and information and connection. And I think that's really what's missing for a lot of our students when we talk about climate change and these environmental issues. Sometimes they can't identify it for themselves when it's all around them. Yes, They don't see that system's um, thinking approach or they don't they don't yet um, understand it. You can talk about deforestation. You can talk about ocean acidification. But if you're not there and you don't see it, how, why do you care? And yes. why then would you advocate for, for protecting these spaces or learning more about it? Yes, And I, I love what you just shared because at some point, it would be highly beneficial for our students to be able to see what's happening across communities across the world. I'll give you an example. If, right? Do you mind yeah. if I give you an example? Of course. Think yeah. about the
0: storm that just happened in Florida. Think about the That's kids right. that are—they're so right. scared. They—they they, literally there's you know alligators. I don't know if that was a fake thing, but there was an alligator swimming in a community in Florida that had washed mm-hmm. up. But the point is, imagine kids having questions like, "Is this because of climate change? Like, why is this right. happening?" Right.
1: Right, Yeah. exactly. How do I find out if it is? Yes. And what do I do about it once I find out? Yes. Right? Like, what can we all do together? You're absolutely right. And I think that deeper connection is only just going to strengthen the movement. Definitely. And you're going to give these kids meaningful experiences. That's right. Which... Meaningful and and um, highly contextual, right? It's yes. Meeting, meeting the, the crisis where it currently is using education as a lever. Absolutely. Where can
0: people find out more about you and anything else you're doing? Yeah, so
1: um, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would definitely say I would refer people to the Eclipse website if they want to support the initiative in any way. Um, The other organization that I support at UCI as well is called the UCI Science Project. um, And the website for that is scienceproject.cfep.com. Uh, UCI.edu, and they can also read more about me and my work, and I love being able to support both because I get a high-level view and lots of key partners to bring to the table to support these efforts, but then I'm always in the classroom as well with the science project, seeing if what we're doing trickles down, really, and what that looks like.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, the website, one more time, is net. And I put all your information on the show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Thank you so much. This was
1: great. Thank you so much for having me, and thanks for chatting me with about it. I hope that um, the listeners are really thinking through, you know, what it looks like for them to take action as well.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Kelly. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. That was Kelly Lee standing by, standing by, that was Kelly Lee joining us on today's show. Uh, my name is Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. If you want to find out about being a guest, send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. And you can learn more about Kelly and all my other guests by visiting the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. The hour flew by. That's a wrap for me. Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues is up next. I will be back next week. Have a wonderful week ahead.